a girl who can see the truth of the future, a man who can see the ghosts of the past, a family whose power is reaching a tipping point, a Japanese epic come to life through anime. Is the Heike story the perfect series to introduce your friends to anime? Or should it be relegated to your own personal weeb watch list? I'm PJ. I'm Skylar. I'm Lauren. And this is Kawaii Disappointment. wild my school was um we were given like a whole bunch of different opportunities for just like extra credit and um the extra credit for my digital art class was to create a composition representing the city of long beach and Mm then um so i got that extra credit but then i got a letter saying that like i was one of the finalists and uh my piece got to be in the long beach museum of art down on ocean boulevard Oh my wow. god. Congratulations. In the That's so cool. Of a real artist. An artiste. An artiste, An artiste. PJ. I'm An sorry. Artiste. I'm not I'm not cultured enough to know. Clearly. I, I did I did <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know I was married, I don't know, what Batiste of our generation. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me <laughs> digging through my brain to think of any painter or artist whatsoever. Wow, Pablo Picasso. I got in trouble because I like forgot to tell my parents right away. Um, and so by the time they found out, my piece was <laughs> my piece that had been in the museum hanging up for like almost a full month was already taken down. Oh my god! So like my parents that is were pretty uh, upsetting. Like your kid, kids are so fucking lame, and they do such cool, such few cool things that if I got to that, that if I missed one of them because they were forgetful, I would be upset. <laughs> Honestly, especially something big like that. I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's a pretty big important. Deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the closest I ever got to that was I was like in a writing competition in like third grade. That was like throughout all the all the elementary schools in my like district, and mm-hmm. I got second place. <gasps> that's amazing, Jay. Of course, That's you so were great. one of those like child prodigies. Obviously, it's not as uh, prominent as Skylar being featured in an actual art museum. But... With her actual art, yeah. My new name is Artiste Skylar, and that's the only <laughs> way you can um, refer to me now. Like Starlight Anya. Guess I'm never referring to Skylar again. <laughs> but I might have to because uh, we have a podcast here. And speaking of that podcast, hello and welcome back to Kawhi's Appointment, the show where two lifelong weebs, PJ and Skylar. See, she already dropped the artiste. Guide their non-weeb friend. Lauren. <laughs> through a new anime every week to determine if it's a kawaii success or a kawaii disappointment. This week, we are watching the Heike story as we continue through best of 2021 month. Another reminder, best is based on reviews and not our thoughts necessarily. So there's still a chance for a disappointment. And if there's an anime you think should be here, make sure to check out all of the Gold Star anime we've covered this year, which were anime that were also best of 2021, but were covered during one of our themed months. But that said, the Heike story tells you a lot, but also tells you so little. Lauren, what do you think it's going to be about? Yeah, Heike is going to be our protagonist, our character that we're going to be following around in this story and um the word heike kind of reminded me of haiku so i thought of poetry so i'm gonna think i'm thinking this is not just like a story but one of those like epic stories like the iliad the odyssey like beowulf those really big long poems 
that tell the story of our character, Heike. So I think that's what it's going to be about. Wow, what a thoughtful answer. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) As opposed to my other answers, which are not thoughtful. (laughs) Some weeks, some weeks. Uh, Once you saw the poster, did your thoughts change? Uh, No, actually, because this is like very traditional Japanese art. So I was like, holy shit. And there's like a little girl holding uh, an instrument. So I was like, oh my God. This is clearly going to be about her, Heike, going around and telling stories with her, with her instrument here. And then these are going to be all the p- different people she interacts with. There's also like this outline of a lady that all the other characters are like superimposed in. So I think that's Heike and the little girl with the instrument is Heike. I think it's both. So anyway. It's dual Heike. Dual Heike. But that was <laughs> not the title that won in the end. But anyway, these are all going to be different people she meets as she travels Japan and like tells the people like stories of their past and their history and just general information that people need to know, because that's basically what Bards did back in the day. So we're really going to be following her. And then you have this gentleman at the top with the blue outfit and the tall, I guess they're all wearing hats. All the men are. So there's the man at the top. I think he is a village elder that takes a liking to her and kind of helps guide her with her musical career. And then down below, you have the the trio of men who are just guys being dudes. Just guys being dudes. <laughs> five feet apart because they're not gay. There's, you know, there's guys being dudes. <laughs> there's guys just, being dudes. Guys being Let me dudes. just reiterate. They're guys being dudes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I wasn't sure that my meaning came across. So I appreciate the clarification. And the down below, you have like these kids starting with like the kid in the orange and then the kid in the white, then the pink and then this green. And I think those are like siblings of a family she's going to come across that she'll end up relating to because she's also a child. So she'll like hang out with them and like maybe experience what it's like to be a kid for once. And then you have this traditional family unit over here with the older gentleman, his wife, I'm assuming their daughter, and then the daughter's child. So that's like the typical family unit that she'll come across. Then down at the bottom, you have clearly travelers who are, you know, making their way through feudal Japan, and she'll probably hitch a ride with them, that couple down there. And then you have another man who is also bald, and he's I'm thinking he's probably some either high-ranking official or like some celebrated religious figure. And uh, she'll learn more about the the religious culture or like farther back culture from him. So these are all the people she's going to be interacting with in season one and either learning from them or teaching them about their history and their past and what's going on in the current day. Lauren's already uh, confirmed a season two for this show. <laughs> Good for me. <laughs> You're welcome. The Heike story fans going wild and confused. <laughs> season- God, I, there's a season two. Like, how did this get broken on this uh, very, very small anime podcast? That's that's how we hit it big. I just made yeah, a news story. It. Yeah. You're I welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, let's see what season one of the Heike story is about before we get into uh, a potential season two. Uh, confirm season uh, by, two. <laughs> confirm season two. Correct. Correct. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. As we uh, go ahead and watch episodes one and two of the Heike story. So we're going to do that and we'll be right back. So stay tuned. Awesome. 
All right, we're back. We had Lauren watch episodes one and two of the Heike story. Lauren, tell me, what did you think? I feel like this is one of those like artsy films that are made for film people because I definitely felt left out and I was like, I'm missing something here. Huh. That's so interesting, interesting. because I just, I just don't know what you would be missing. I feel like the story is so straightforward. I got so confused. This is going to be another Steins Gate. You know what? Uh, when PJ and I were watching it, I was talking to him about how, like, in a good way, uh, these two episodes felt like hours long. Like, mm-hmm. each episode felt like a full epic, mm-hmm. um, even though, you know, it wasn't a whole lot. But they do dump a lot of, like, history on you. Not yes. history. They dump a lot of information. And there were times I'm like, wait, who's this person? Um, there was a point where I thought there was only one bald dude. And it took me There's a little. like three. <laughs> yeah, so it took many. me a little bit of time. I and was they like, all I look thought... the same. They are like... all very different bodily builds and face shapes. I was literally uh, very like, wow, I remember the bald dude being really nice. Like, why is he not nice anymore? What why the is he. Hell? So to clarify here too as well, Skylar also only watched episode one and two of this anime. Oh. So it's interesting hearing two very different perspectives based solely on episode one and two. All right. uh, But, you know, before we get too far into it and potentially just help help Lauren understand and potentially avoid another science gate gate, let's go through some housekeeping. So the Heike story is actually a very fascinating anime in that it is based on the tale of Heike, which is a Japanese epic compiled uh, prior to 1330 of the struggle between the Taira clan and the Minamoto clan for control of Japan at the end of the 12th century in the Genpei War. So it is based on true historical events. There is no one author that the story can't be attributed to as it is an oral tradition spread by the Biwa Hoshi who were traveling bards who played the Biwa. The first written collection of the story was done so by the governor of Shinano, Yukinaga, who wrote Heike Monogatari in Wakan Konko Sho, a difficult combination of Japanese and Chinese mastered only by very educated monks. However, the most widely read version is the version written by a blind monk named Kakuichi, who in 1371 wrote the story and fictionalized some elements to turn it from a historical record to the more dramatized and romantic epic that it became. Whether from translations of the book or the continuation of the oral tradition, the tale of the Heke spread far and wide, with several retranslations, adaptations, and retellings throughout its history. The Heke story specifically adapts the 2016 translation done by Japanese novelist is Hideo Furukawa. The anime was done by the anime was directed by Naoko Yamada with, uh, and produced by Science Saru for Fuji TV and ran from September to November of 2021 for 11 episodes. And as that covers the span of the the epic, that is the only season we will get. Unfortunately, Lauren's uh, source was incorrect. Damn it! I was gonna say, <laughs> you know what, Lauren? Though I feel like you did a really great job with your predictions, though. Oh, thank Especially you. in the beginning. But with that, let's break down episodes one and two super quick. Uh, a young girl named Biwa expresses disgust at the behavior of the Kaburo boys, enforcers of the Taira clan. When her blind father acts to protect her from punishment, they kill him. The Taira clan under Kiyomori has prospered, but he finds the situation boring. He unveils his plan to his heir, Shigemori, to move to Fukuhara. He intends to create a harbor for large ships and increase their prosperity through sea trade. 
Biwa gains entrance to the palace and encounters Shigemori in a garden where she tells him that the end of the Taira clan is near. He notices her differently colored eyes and believes that she can see the spirits of the dead as he can. She refuses to use her power to help him, however. He accepts her into his household. Biwa meets Lady Tokuko, the sister of Shigemori, and is horrified when she sees a vision of Tokuko drowning at sea. One day, Sukamori, Shigemori's son, rushes back from a hunt and rides past Lord Motofusa, Emperor Takakura's regent, and is beaten by them for his insolence. Rather than apologize, Kiyomori sends Rokuhara's warriors to punish them, which leads to the beginning of Heike's problems. Shigemori dismisses the men who attacked Lord Motofusa and sends Sukamori to Issei to apologize for his disrespect. However, Kiyomori is unrepentant for his impetuous actions. Tokuko explains to Biwa that Motofosa dislikes the Taira clan because her younger sister, Moriko, was married off to the Fujiwara clan and inherited the Fujiwara lands when her husband died soon after. Tokuko reveals that she is soon to be married off to Norihito, the young son of Emperor Go Shirakawa. Uh, the Shirabiyoshi, Lady Gyo, and her younger sister, Lady Ginyo, arrive at Kiyomori's request to keep her replacement, Hotoke Gozen Company. Shigemori visits Emperor Goshirakawa and offers to resign, having his brother Munamori replace him. The Emperor observes that although Kiyomori has entered the monastic life, he has not yet rejected involvement in worldly affairs. Biwa takes a liking to Gyo, but is sad to find that she and her sister leave and become nuns to avoid becoming pawns of Kiyomori. Biwa is cheered, however, by a vision that in the future Hotoke Gozen joins them. Later, when Tokuko leaves to marry Norihito, Biwa desperately tries to stop her, disturbed by her previous visions of Tokuko's death by drowning. And that's episodes one and two of the Heike story. I know next to nothing about feudal Japanese history. I mean, I don't think most people do. But after watching this, I somehow knew even less. I totally, (laughs) totally... totally was into Biwa's story I was into the whole like that family dynamic I loved the character development I was super into that and then every now and then they would zoom out essentially they didn't really but they would cut to another scene where they were just info dumping on you and I was like oh my god wait what 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 and then I would go back to Biwa's story and be totally fine so Um, can I ask what I don't know this is maybe too big of a question too simple of a question for I guess a big answer what was confusing to you? They were throwing out names left and right, and I was trying my hardest to keep it straight and to figure out who was who, but I couldn't. And they were talking about people. I was like, I don't know who this is. I don't know I who that it. is. Again, Lauren, I could uh, agree with you at that point, because again, I thought the three different bald people were the they, same person. Yes. <laughs> yes. For a split second, I was like, wait a don't second. don't understand how. No, no, no. Like, as soon as I like actually paid attention to their face, I was like, these are different characters. But no, I did have that split second of being like, wait a second. Oh, you're a different character. So no, I, don't, I was in the same boat. Uh, I so, just, you I know, mean, like, do you not like historical epics at all? I love historical epics. I am such a classics girl. And you're like, but just not when it's Japanese. No, <laughs> I was so excited to finally like experience more of feudal Japan because again, I know nothing about it. And I was like, oh, great. Maybe this anime will like introduce it to me. But I think the way that the info dumped was just it was too much at once. And it was very confusing. There was like a full five minutes where they're just sitting there like, talking about things instead of like yes. they're saying yes. it instead of showing it so i yes, think that and I probably was like, was, oh my god 
yeah. hard to keep and, track of. And again, it was only in like two or three minute increments where they would do this and they were all just in conversation. And so they would like have the scenes where Biwa was like starting to open up and start to like, you know, find her place in the world. And it was beautiful and wonderful. And then they would cut to a two minute scene of nothing but info dumping and just name after name after name and region after region after region. I was like, I'm so confused. And then we'd go back and it was fine. So just the the way in which they delivered information for me was highly confusing. It is hard, especially uh, if you're not like actively note taking. You know what I mean? I was trying to. I kept pausing it and like writing things down. And then I would start it and be like, I I don't wait. What? You're going to have to make like a character reference next time. Oh, you're just like this person is named this person. These are his aspects. This person, he loves interesting thing. And he uh, (laughs) just creates problems for drama. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I I just got lost in those like two or three minute info dump segments. But I was super into Biwa and her story and, you know, this nonlinear storytelling of her in the future when she's an adult singing this epic and then mm-hmm. flashback to her being a kid and like how she got there. I thought that was beautiful. Right. And on the topic of beauty, the animation, it seems like so experimental, right? But like, it looks like we're looking at a child's book, like a really beautiful like story, um, like a parent or whoever is reading to a child. And these are like the illustrated pages Mm -hmm. and all the movement is just so deliberate and like. Because looking at this, the art style before I started watching it didn't really, you know, call out to me. It wasn't very interesting. Um, I thought maybe it would come off as like a little primitive, uh, but it is so beautiful. And you are just aware of every single movement every character is making. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a point, you know, when uh, Biwa is like eating food with Shikamori for the first time. Yeah. And like she scooches away in like such a like small and cute way, but like it's just something that you like notice. It's like the big action for the scene. Exactly. Yeah. This was like watching a moving painting. It was it was beautiful. I really liked the art style a lot. Yeah. And the way they like animate their gifts too, like, oh my gosh, it's so pretty. When, yeah, when we see like Biwa looking to the future or we see like those glimpses that like Shikamori like has for, you know, the being ghosties. able to see the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I love that he's called the Lantern King. Because he's afraid lantern of the dark. Lord, let's the be Lantern fair. Lord, my lantern bad. Lord. Yeah. Because he's afraid of the dark because of all of the un, what is it? Like the, um, the ghosties the ghosties but they were specifically like they couldn't the rest. fallen soldiers and yeah stuff. yeah like they were the ones who they were the restless ghosts they couldn't find peace and so he saw them all of the time and he was haunted by these people and so he always had to have lanterns everywhere because he's afraid of the dark oh that was beautiful i loved it and i loved too when you saw the garden with all the lanterns in it stunning uh-huh oh my god yeah, it was gorgeous yes i like that uh shigamori and biwa kind of share a similar power even though their powers are completely different where yeah. he sees the ghosts and she can see the future yeah and like those are both like heavy like burdensome gifts is that absolutely. a word burdensome yeah absolutely <laughs> okay <laughs> those are like 
really heavy gifts for two people to have. They really are. Because, like, that kind of stuff just, like, takes over your whole life. Because, like, look at Biwa, a person that she has, like, learned to love. She just keeps seeing her future of her, like, drowning. Dying, and, yes. And, like, that's so sad to see, like, the ending of someone that, like, you love, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. I love that Shugamori um, uses his own kind of fear and darkness that he has this gift to teach Biwa to not be afraid of hers. Yeah. Even yeah, though I really like, love their kind of like connection. Weird dynamic. Oh, yeah. It was so cute. I love them. I, I thought they were wonderful. I love how Kiyomori is always talking to Shugamori about how boring he is when like Shugamori is just being like a good and like decent person, just a good person. <laughs> and like i love it though because you see he's so respectful because like he has like all the sympathy for all the consequences his like family is like inflicting on the world right mm-hmm. like all these dead people that their family's responsible for mm-hmm. um, whether it's the fallen soldiers from their side or you know fighting with them or like the people that they've slain yeah. And um, I love that that like makes him like a good person, I guess. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Because, you know, this was a different time where, I mean, violence established kingdoms and um, your area of where you would rule. <laughs> and Shigemori yeah. is not like that. <laughs> Political uh, violence is a great currency. It for really. Back then. <laughs> it. I mean, yes, political violence is always uh, scary, but it it determined a lot of history. And to yeah. see Shigemori, who does. is a great, it still does. And, you know, Shigemori is a great soldier. He's a great warrior. He's been in all of these battles, but he actively chooses peace when he can. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it, out of everyone in the family, he's probably the most qualified to, you know, join a monastery. <laughs> just get some peace my guy i know just like chill out dude i'm so sorry <laughs> this is like an interesting kind of I, and i think this is how any good historical story should be told which is what by kind of engaging you in that history and really like immersing you in it while having like this kind of character that maybe isn't really tied to that history that you can be a part of and that's biwa biwa is the mm. only fictionalized character in this story Right. You know, everyone else is uh, an actual character, an actual character, an actual person from the history of Japan. Yeah. Whereas, like, Biwa is just the amalgamation of all the bards, right? Who, like, passed on this oral tradition. I mean, to an extent, like, I think that's, like, her end story. But I think in this, it's more, you know, she's there to kind of be, like, a witness. Uh, a witness, right? Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. Our apologies for the delay on the Heike Story episode. There were some weird audio issues, and before we got a chance to address them, I got sick, which you might be able to hear a little bit of. Thank you for your patience, and we hope you enjoy this double feature. Hey, you like anime? What about manga? Anime figures? General anime merch? Well, if you like any of those things, then Right Stuff has you covered. With a huge selection, Right Stuff is your number one shop for anime, manga, figures, and more. If you want to visit Right Stuff, use the affiliate link in our show notes or go to kawaiidesupod.com and click the Right Stuff affiliate link across the top or the Right Stuff banner along the bottom. And part of your sale gets kicked back to us to help support the show. 
If you're looking for other ways to support the podcast or are just craving more Kawhi Disappointment, then check out our Patreon. Hours and hours of bonus content are available immediately for just $3 a month, and more is always on the way along with exclusive polls, Q&As, and goodies at our higher tiers. December is set to have even more amazing bonus content with a reduced redo of Kaguya-sama Love is War, a brand new entry into our Kawaii Desu Film Club series, where we will be watching Satoshi Kon's Christmas classic, Tokyo Godfathers, and more. Find us on Patreon by searching for Kawaii Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaiidesupod. A special shout out to our wonderful patrons, starting off with our eternal Desu patron, our $8 tier, the truly incomparable Alex J. They're not alone though, as we also have our amazing super Desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Kilua, Magic Girl Girl Charlotte, Rebel in an Isekai, and Jellums, and our Kawaii Desu patrons, our $3 tier, Eliza L, Albany G, and our newest patrons, Aubrey Z, and Nymphomercial. You're all pretty Kawaii Desu in my book. You can't spell Kawaii Disappointment without Kawaii, which is why we're excited to partner with So Kawaii. So Kawaii is a monthly box full of cute and kawaii items from Japan. Each box includes five to eight or so kawaii items carefully selected and packed by their team of kawaii lifestyle lovers. If you want to visit So Kawaii, use the affiliate link in the show notes or go to kawaiidesupod.com and click the So Kawaii affiliate link across the top or the So Kawaii banner along the bottom. And part of your sale gets kicked back to help support the show. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod. You can also find us on Tumblr now because Twitter might not be a thing for too much longer. Or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. It really does help. Don't forget to tune into our other episode that drops today, Skate the Infinity. Now, back to the podcast. So going through, like, obviously we start with her, the death of her father. And it's very interesting because, like, watching it each time, like, when I watched it and rewatched it, you know, she gets mad at the Kabuto boys, which were, like, a menace for people, right? They're literally killing people for slander against the government, which that that has its own roots in the history, too, right? Because um, in this era of Japan, like, the actual, like, emperors had very little, like, military or, like... like policing power they relied on the houses like the like the tiger clan to kind of handle that policing for them that's why people like this family have so much power with the emperor um and but that's again why they're kind of menaces because they're essentially just a police state uh Mm -hmm. and and uh they kind of set up the first like samurai led like like regency power um and that's also part of the reason why Goshirakawa was like the last true emperor of Japan before like the shogunate era but with the Kabuto boys like you know she like goes to be like I don't know I don't know what would be what think she's gonna do in this situation other than get killed and then like you know her dad stops her and then when the Kabuto boys are like are you talking shit uh because she was like that's terrible Instead of being like, he's like, I'm sorry. And they're like, well, you're going to have to pay for her crimes. And then they kill him, which is fucked up, but very accurate for the time. Yeah. I just don't know why he wasn't like, she means the woman. She's terrible for criticizing the Tyro power. Which structure. sucks too, though, because it wasn't even the woman. It was her husband. But I mean, yes, that, that would have been much easier. But then do you get a story? Oh, well, obviously. 
Yeah. I mean, that, at that point, we can never criticize any action any character ever makes in any story ever. The screenwriter told me to. Lie to authority figures, especially the police. Well, especially, especially like, the police. Yeah. Unless you've, like, murdered someone. I but, mean, you like, should still no, lie for your own benefit, but don't down. lie yeah. for, like, society's benefit. Right. Yeah. A cab and then lie to authority figures. Um, I mean, okay, so, like, back to, like, what PJ was saying, though. Like, at the end of the day, I guess it's all about honor, which is a huge, huge part of their culture, right? Mm-hmm. And so the honorable thing to do is take uh, the punishment for Biwa and, like, not lie about it. You know, no, just, yeah, like, for sure. And yeah. it's understandable why why he does it. I mean, does the punishment fit the crime? Not in the slightest. No. Yeah. The, but this I is the problem <laughs> with, with the Taira and right the kind of the pre- and obviously like the heike depending on uh how you look at it is is that ultimately kiyomori has created this culture of kind of like absolutism and you mm-hmm. get that at the beginning when they're kind of talking about like you know look at all the places that your sons have you know your son is the general your other son is like you know, in charge of, like, the diplomatic relations. Like, look at how much our reach has spanned. Other people in the Tyra clan, we have 90 men that are in the in the palace, like, that are part of the, of the power structure of the emperor. Like, we have all of these different connections throughout the world. We are basically the world. And people, they literally say, people who aren't part of the Tyra aren't people at all. And that's how they can kind of justify their horrible actions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all about yeah. the power, baby. Uh, it also well, brings it's about me a dehumani- little bit. It's about dehumanizing is what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, always. Because <laughs> you could do whatever you want. It's kind of like the same of like um, eating meat, right? Like, it's like fine <laughs> because they're not human. And so when you look at people, when they're not people, it's easy to kill them. Exactly. It's always easier to commit atrocities if you think that they are other. Which is why mm-hmm. propaganda usually leans towards making them see making the enemy seem as the other and it's mm-hmm. i mean it's it's done very um kind of casually here like it's just it's such an established thing like we're so important that no one else is basically mm-hmm. uh which is i mean why it makes it so much more interesting that shigamori is i mean but this is a thing right this is honestly like if there's one thing i've learned throughout like setting of history or cults a lot mostly cults it's that um the people born into the power structure nine times out of ten end up being the ones that are like why the fuck is this power structure in place right mm-hmm. uh and that's why shigamori is so great is because he's like why I, like i don't want this and because kiyomori is a fucking crazy person he's a sociopath yeah um uh, and he only cares for his own pleasure and like prominence and power and so i like when shigamori is like going out of his way to like cor- overcorrect from Kiyomori's like assault on uh on the emperor's regent mm-hmm. like it it is like and i mean even like while it's a completely honorable thing to do even even the emperor like even go uh go shirakawa is like huh? you're fine like we all know who your dad is like <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> um but that's why it makes it interesting that biwa gets to be kind of like a part of the story because uh, essentially, I mean, she's like a homeless girl that doesn't even have a name. Let's be clear. She names herself Biwa mm-hmm. uh, because she doesn't have a name. And so she names herself after the instrument that she plays. Yeah, which she yeah, loves. Which she loves. She loves as much as her father, as her dead father. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. 
Poor dad. Yeah. Oh, and Lauren, a Biwa is just like a short necked uh, lute. Got it. Music class with Skylar 101. Woo! <laughs> Music class with Skylar is just listing names of instruments. This is a guitar. As you can see, it has a long neck and kind of looks like a lute. <laughs> it's a type of long neck lute. Everything's literally just this a lute. A lute or a lyre. This is a piano. It's it's a keyed lute. Instead of the strings, you're hitting the strings with these called piano keys. keys. I hope you're all taking notes. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, the, I think there's a lot that is very, uh, again, very beautiful about this anime. I think it's very, like, obviously the animation is beautiful, but I think, again, the story is very beautiful. I mean, it's it's a... It, it is one of the most important stories and or like most shared stories in like like the Japanese like historical like context, right? It is their epic. It is their their like record of this very important war in their history. And ultimately it might not even have been that that important of a war for like the, the structure of the of the, the region moving forward, but in what it is. And the the tale of Hege is interesting because it is a story about loss, right? It is ultimately, and I mean, I guess spoilers if you want to, but like, um, it'd be like spoiling, like, you know, the Odyssey or something. World War II. <laughs> <laughs> um, ultimately, the Taira lose. Like, they get, they, they lose. And um, a lot of people die. And it's, the war does not go in their favor. And this is the story of the downfall of them. And I think there's something very beautiful that the Japanese people kind of took that story and, you know, through through the, you know, uh, Biwa Hoshi and the, you know, uh, and their oral storytelling and through the monks and everything kind of took the story of a loss and kind of took it uh, almost like parabolic. Right. They they took it and were like, what can we learn from this? What what can we take from this? And ultimately, especially when you get to. Um, again, what was the most popular translation by Kakuichi is that it kind of was creating this situation where it was almost kind of an idealized version of what what it means to be a leader and what it means to be a part of all of this. Because, again, in the original story, these are just people. Like, there's nothing that interesting about it. There's a war that's happening. You know, it's a war. It could be any other war. There's a million other wars. But I think because you have this interesting story about uh, a son trying to fix the sins of his father while trying to maintain the power structure that only exists because of those sins and ultimately losing and the world kind of restructuring around them, um, you know, it creates more of an idealized version of that story. It's like about these ideal warriors, right? the 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 honorability of someone like shigamori and it's there to kind of create a source of inspiration about like being better and not and not letting like the past be the thing that weighs you down because ultimately that is what happens to the taira and they lose and they're a source of inspiration for future generations on how to treat people better do things differently and you know it's it's a very interesting take on that story Mm -hmm. yeah no fully agree and um, what I love so much about B was like uh, ability ability to see in the future. And again, I've only seen the first two episodes, but I'm assuming that's going to be used to show 
the tragic fates of characters and glimpses so that we don't have to have like all these different storylines. And and this is the thing with anyone who can tell the future is that they only see part of it, right? And it's about Mm -hmm. how they interpret that. It's very like, that's so Raven, like, oh, this isn't the full story. Yeah. Yeah. And like your actions like can lead you to the, you know, like you being able to see that like puts the everything into action, right? The self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, sometimes it's, it depends on how you look at it. It's either it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or this this was only ever going to happen because of the the series of events that was always laid out ahead of you. You yeah. know, like there's like a, you know very very many different previ- like theories on how like the world works and how fate yeah. or destiny or whatever. And there are arguments that things happen because of our actions or our actions are already predetermined to happen. And it de- yeah. and it's up to you to determine how you look at that. I think. If you don't look at it, that your actions are the things causing those consequences, then if you like, if you don't look at it that way, then like, it's very easy to like lose like a sense of self and a sense Mm. of consequence. Like, you know, I think I I have seen a lot of stories of people who kind of get into that mindset of like, oh, it's not that my actions have consequences. It's that my actions were always determined and those determinations lead to the next step. Um, I mean, people then start kind of being like well then i can just do whatever because it was going to happen anyways and then start doing fucked up shit um when in high school when i took ap history uh the whole first week was learning about um predestination which is literally like in the christian theology everything you just explained that's called predestination specifically with christian with like christian roots um and yeah it like it sucks because a lot of times you'd be like, all these atrocities is fine because I was going to do them anyways, because that's what the gods have decided for me. Like, um, yeah, just future stuff. Like anytime you could see into the future, things get all fucky and it sucks. They do. They get really I hate fucky. <laughs> I, <laughs> time travel is fucky. Um, <laughs> that's my other shirt. Yeah, I try. That's a power I never would want is no. the ability to see the future. Like, absolutely that's too not. much pressure. Yeah, absolutely no, would completely. not. And I mean, I think, again, that's where the beauty of the show comes in is Shigemori can see, like, kind of the ghosts of the past. But ultimately, depending on how you look at it, Biwa is seeing the ghosts of the future. Yeah. You know, like, they're both seeing these shadows these reflections of a time that is not this which is also mm-hmm. why it's very beautiful when as they are kind of coming to grow what be was coming to grips with their powers you know you have that moment where shigamori's like you know i see the ghosts of the past and basically you see the future but sometimes we just need to focus on what's here what's now yeah because ultimately if you are too focused on the past uh it is true for people if you're if you're if you're living in the past or you're too focused on what's to come you will miss the present you do yeah you absolutely right. miss it this is very much the alchemist except you know not but anyway the what like <laughs> the alchemist by paulo colo i'm sure i'm not saying his name correctly um he has a whole thing in the book like the whole journey is all about don't stress out so much about what's coming and don't beat yourself up too much about the past live in the present moment use the past to teach you use the future to guide yeah. you but like live in the moment 
Yeah, because there's nothing you could fucking do about, like, the McDonald's you ate yesterday. The only thing you could do is exercise today. (laughs) Yes. That's another shirt. That's another shirt. Skylar is the philosopher of our modern day. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, ultimately, um, whether you have that connection to the Japanese history or you don't, I think the the human element of the story still shines through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. But let's talk about the music of this. Oh anime. my god, yes. So <laughs> uh, obviously we have our general music. So our music is done by Kensuke Ushio. And I think they do a phenomenal job. I, oh you my know, god, it, it is very much music of the time, and it's constantly kind of playing throughout. You mm-hmm. know, you get this very beautiful, um, you know, very traditional music. Very, you know, a lot of Biwa music. But obviously, music is insanely important to this show. Right. Yes. Yes, and you feel that with the composition of the music, you understand that it's like it's always there, you know, so it's always reminding you this was it is being told to you now through a visual medium, but at its roots, this was always an audio medium. And we're going to pay homage to that every single time we can. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, just anytime B was looking to the future and you just hear like the intensities of like the hitting of the strings and stuff is just so Ugh. good. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Like, when her hair starts flowing back because like we're doing the close up in the blue eye. It's just I love it. It's great. It's beautiful. Uh, I loved it too. Kensuke Ushio had previously worked with director Naoko Yamada and writer Reiko Yoshida, like of this show, on A Silent Voice, like as a trio. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Um, so, like, they are very. They've, they also worked on one other project, but I can't remember what it was, but Silent Voice is like their other big thing. Their other projects were usually with Tokyo Animation. So, um, them doing this project over here with um, Science Saru was a very big deal. Uh, people were very excited for it. And obviously, this was very well received. And obviously, I mean, to Lauren's credit, like, it's obviously well, more well received in Japan, because the Heike, the, the tale of Heike is like one of those things where it's like, it is kind of like the Odyssey, right? Where anyone who kind of is into literature knows the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, anyone who's into history knows the touch points that are related to the real history. But obviously, mm-hmm. an American audience doesn't really have that context. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't as successful here the, as it was in Japan. But taking on such an ambitious project, telling, again, a, literally, like, one of the most important, like, Japanese epics, like, Japanese literature epics, and turning it into an anime was a, a big deal for this trio to do. Uh, yeah. But that said, they've also done some way more uh, fun stuff depending on your definition of fun. But, uh, uh, you know, if you like crying, like a oh. silent voice. <laughs> for silent voice, check out our friends over at Shoujo Sunday's two-part coverage on that amazing movie. Oh, yes, definitely. They're the best. But that's it again. Kensuke Ushio, great job on the music. But let's also talk about our OP and our ED. Yeah. So our OP is Hikaro Toki, or When the Light Shines, by Hitsuji Bungaku.
Lauren, what did you think of that OP? I really liked it. It was very buoyant for such a, a heavy history to cover. And I every time it came on, the two times, and then the multiple times I listened to it to find my artist, I was like, this is such a great song. Ugh, it's so, so good. I feel like it really has a place. It's so, so good. I loved it. I feel like I knew exactly what era and like genre to look in when I was doing, um, when I was trying to pick my artist mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I completely agree. It's an amazing song. Very fun, energetic, but while still having like a sense of like weight. Mm-hmm. And like it gives you that. I mean, honestly, it's very traditional OP in a way for what is like this very like historic, like they could have gone very like, traditional traditional with it and i'm kind of glad they didn't because it, it gives you that connection point right yes um but yeah i really like this op uh, let's also talk about our ed which is also very modern so our very ed modern. is unified perspective by uh specifically annie from the japanese hip-hop group sdp Lord, what did you think of that outro? It was like super chill, super cool, nothing but vibes, very dreamscapey. The visuals I thought were stunning. A few of them were a little off-putting and eerie, but I think that was done intentionally. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was a good time. Yeah, it was very like lo-fi beats to conquer Japan too. <laughs> <laughs> That's another shirt, PJ. That's wow, shirt. this this episode shirt heavy. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a perfect description to it. I do like uh like right towards the end, it straight up sounds like it's gonna be a completely different song and like it gets like really intense with the strings and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, this this was just like a fun fun vibes kind of thing. Yeah, it's and- definitely vibes. Definitely um some good like like it honestly kind of reminds me of like the like the Samurai Shampoo OP. A little bit too, oh, like yeah. with that like soft. It's like very soft hip hop, and it's it's very nice, right? But yeah, uh, ultimately, really good OP, really good ED, really good music in general. Why don't we talk about them a little bit further as we move to our segment? What modern or contemporary artists do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? Lauren, why don't you tell me who you picked for that OP? So the song sounds really, really familiar to me, and I couldn't find the perfect match. So I'm very excited because you. One of you probably did find it, and I'll just like it's like that itch that I've been would, scratched. Uh, I would uh, be ready to not have that itch scratched. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh you're well, right, Skylar. You struggled with the ED, not the OP. That's my apologies. My apologies. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck me. I guess. No, 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 no. I just knew that we had struggled in general, but you struggled more with the ED, which is understandable. Uh, yeah. Lauren, who'd you yeah. go with? Um, so anyway, eventually I landed on Maddie Pop, her song Wildflowers. When I see clouds, I see faces. 
think it's very good. Yeah, I think this is amazing. This would be a great AMV too. Honestly, it probably would. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked her vocal specifically. That's why I picked her. Yeah, she has that range where it has like kind of the like because okay, so the singer of like the original like is very like low key, a little raspy. Hmm. And like she could go, you know, into that high register like yes. so seamlessly. Yes. And then Maddie Pop could also do that. So it's a great approximation. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think it's a very good choice. I think Maddie Pop definitely kind of captures it pretty well. So yeah, no, very good job. I think I think you scratched your own itch. <laughs> but clearly it's not, right? You maybe scratched our itch, but I, we did not yes. scratch we, it did not scratch your itch. Not uh, mine. I don't necessarily think I'm gonna scratch your itch either because I like my choice, but I also don't love my choice. Because I mm. think it it gives me the same feeling, but it is not the same song. Because I went with Shake It Out by Florence and the Machine. I agree with what you were saying. Yeah. I see definitely in the voice. Like, again, it's yes. very similar. I do like Lauren's more. Um, I think this was a great pick, though, PJ, especially because it sounds like you struggled a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you- I just I, I, I feel like I struggled because I'm in the same place as Lauren where I know there's like the right Something answer. Something yeah. Yes. And ultimately like obviously i know lawrence isn't the song i was thinking of i think it's i think it's great though but like i'd never heard that song before so i know that wasn't the itch neither <laughs> I was had i to yeah. scratch. but yeah. like i think that's why i struggled so much is because i was trying to find that song like i found a few other songs that i was like maybe this like i almost went with a sixpence and the richer song mm, um, I get it, yeah. but i ended up leaning on this just because as I listened to the OP, it gave me the same feelings that this song does. Florence's voice does an amazing job, though. Again, just like Lauren's, it has that, like... The softness. Like, yeah, a very soft, like, deeper register without mm-hmm. it being, like, you know, like, soul. But, like, yes. still just having kind of, like, an ethereal, like, naturalness to it. Like, is definitely... Both these songs are something you go dance to in a field. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this is my frolicking playlist. <laughs> exactly. So I offended Skylar by saying that she wasn't going to be itchy, uh, scratching the itch. So uh, by that offense, I'm assuming that she's going to have the perfect answer. So I'm Skylar, sorry. why don't you give us your selection for this OP? First of all, PJ, that's a lot of pressure. And I think so far, Lauren, uh, like she, I think Lauren's going to win ultimately. Mm. Um, when we were watching this, uh, like when it was on, I was like, oh, this reminds me of Avril Lavigne. So, and I couldn't really find a song like voice wise, not necessarily music wise. No, I see that. Yeah, for sure. Because I was like, oh, like damn cold night, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just used her as like a jumping off point. And ultimately I landed on um, an artist called Samia. Her song, As You Are. I think the vocals are a really close match. I think the vocals are good. Yeah. Yeah. The absolutely. vibe I think it's like, not I think this one's more like lo fi. Yeah. This, this is one, like, I was uh, like, this is kind of the ED, but with a female vocal. I, yeah. Well, uh, and not hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> and not hip hop. And so it like, being a completely like different vo- genre. So like not like the ED at all. 
<laughs> so it's like the ED, but without the vibes, without the vocal, and without the hip hop. So it's exactly. basically the ED. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is probably better songs, but I think this song captured, like, again, the lower register and, like, going up into the high. Yeah. Like, Agreed. if we were, I think the OP is also on the Frolicking playlist. This is the, like, we're walking through the field after we can no longer frolic in it because the other person died playlist. Oh, my God. <laughs> This isn't the just we're going home and we're sad we can't keep frolicking. No, song. this is like someone yeah. has to die. This is revisiting the frolic field, but sad. Oh yeah, this is uh, this the is montage Bella of you in... running through the field together. <laughs> this is Bella in um, New Moon, and it's like you guys uh, would like you know lay back in the grass and look, turn to look at each other, but then you would look back in the grass and turn and there's no one there. Like that's this song, you know? Oh my god! Oh my god! It's not yeah. so dark. It's not dark. It's beautiful. Lost is beautiful. Oh my god. <laughs> Lost is a, fa- a thing of life, and it's very beautiful. We should all embrace it. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's move on to that outro. Lauren, who did you go with for that outro? So I had to ask for help with this one because this is really not my wheelhouse at all. <laughs> so I ended up returning to an old fan favorite, uh, Keith, to ask for his advice, and. This artist doesn't have the same fast pace energy as the outro, but I ended up landing on Kid Cudi, his song New Mode. For me, you definitely did better than I did, Lauren. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> That's only because I asked for help. I, I this is not my don't... thing fully see much of it that's fine i really appreciate that um you did put so much effort into it via reaching out because i think asking knowing when to ask for help is a very important quality and (laughs) i also had to (laughs) ask for help so (laughs) it's a sign of intelligence knowing when you can't do something Yeah, there's definitely um, artists within, like, hip-hop that I do, like, really enjoy. But I'm so not well-versed in anything else. So I I also struggle, too. I mean, ultimately, I will say, like, I don't think there's, like, any great choices that you can make for this. It's very something. I know what... I I struggled a lot with this because, like, I do know that there is a song that's very similar to this, but I just couldn't pick it out. Um, right. I just think that Kid Cudi, I, I think A, Kid Cudi's register is very different. Um, and ultimately, I think New Mode is a very like, just like, uh, like R&B standard from Kid Cudi, whereas this song mm-hmm. is just like quiet rap. Right. Mm. Uh, but I, I see the direction that you went with. And ultimately, I think given your knowledge base, this is a good choice. Yes, I, I agree, and I agree that you'll probably win me. Um, I'll go second because I'm sure PJ has much I better wouldn't hold answer your breath. than I do. I'm gonna hold it. <gasps> yeah. Okay, I can't breathe. Uh, just so everyone knows, um, that was edited from a full ten minutes, oh, so yes, I can yeah. hold my Skyler, breath for a while. Uh, Skylar is a Navy SEAL. <laughs> hey, exactly. when I was a kid and I was obsessed with mermaids, I could hold my breath up to six minutes. I used to make my mom time me. That's really impressive. Um, okay, so I went with um, Earl Sweatshirt and Frank Ocean, their song, uh, Sunday. And I ain't having it, and we both know that I don't mean to offend you, I'm just focused today. And I don't know why it's difficult to admit that I miss you, and I don't know why we are. 
Yeah, I think it's a very good choice. Yeah, Skylar, oh, that's really you. good. <laughs> I think it's really close. <laughs> thank you. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll uh, give my thanks to my um, my secret friend, my call-a-friend person. Your call-a-friend <laughs> person? Your phone-a-friend? <laughs> yeah, my phone-a-friend person. Honestly, though, I will say, like, I think Sunday is a very good choice. Uh, I think vibe-wise is a great match. I think Earl is obviously, like, a lot rougher. Like, yeah. just, like, he, his lines are very, like, you know, there's some grit to them. Uh, whereas, yeah. obviously, our ED is very soft. And I think, again, this is why I don't think there's going to be a good answer any of us are going to come up with. But I think this is a very good answer. Thank you. Yeah, I, mean, I like uh, it the, a lot. The perfect answer is what I mean by the, a good answer. There are very right, good answers right. in general. Right, right. Um, I, I want to be clear again. I don't, like, love, love my choice. But... I think it's because I know that the song that I'm thinking is somewhere in this artist's discography. This isn't it necessarily, but um, yeah, I went with Money Trees by Kendrick Lamar. I think you should love this choice because it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely the winner. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was the winner. Um, oh my god! No, I think this is a phenomenal choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this a lot. Thanks again. I think this is pretty good. I I just know there's a Kendrick song that is way closer, and I think right. that's where I'm struggling. Ultimately, I think with the OP and the ED, I think everyone had good choices overall. But like, obviously, with the ED. Both of you struggle with just a lack of like knowledge base for this type of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the OP and the ED, I think overall there we just all know that there's like a better selection. Right. You would yeah. think that like we would take the time to maybe become a little bit more versed in this. I mean, like, if you don't like the uh, genre, though, you don't genre. like the genre. I'm not going <laughs> right. to make you guys listen to hip hop. <laughs> maybe I should, though, to get better at this segment. Just just to find a couple of artists for it's my back pocket. So, you know? It's such a varied genre that, like, right. it's just, it's, there's too much of a discography, too much of a, a backlog for you to be able to do that effectively. And mm. there's not that many hip hop OPs and EDs. They are interspersed. But I think of our, like, hundred and plus episodes, there's been, like, five. Right. So and like, every time I get tripped up. <laughs> but yeah, ultimately, uh, it is what it is. I think we all did as good as we could. And I think ultimately, especially with that OP, we all had very good choices. And with the ED, we all made choices. <laughs> exactly. Choices were made. Exactly. But with that said, we're going to take a quick break. It's the end of our music segment. So we're going to watch some additional clips, some additional context, and see what Lauren's closing thoughts are on the Heike story. So we're going to be right back. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. We learn watch some additional clips, some additional context, some additional historical scenes, uh, you know, spiritual scenes, and everything in between for the Hey K story. And obviously, we've talked a lot about how you know this anime is kind of one of duality, where there's uh, this very human element and this very historical element, and uh, that historical element can kind of be a, a loss point for people where they can kind of uh, you know be not as engrossed in the story you're kind of put out of the story while that's there 
or uh, and maybe the human element is enough to still keep you engaged or maybe it's not and that's the question that we're gonna have to ask lauren as we ask you the question would you keep watching the heike story so while i was confused at certain parts of it i did enjoy seeing a modern day anime telling the story of something that happened centuries ago in a country that i know very little history about so i did enjoy getting to see something that i had no context for ever and i mean shigamori's my favorite i loved him so i connected to him oh yeah yeah, definitely yeah i connected to him instantly i do also love biwa i think she's a great protagonist Mm -hmm. in all of this so i will probably have to have google open to help me understand some of the history just a little bit more in depth but i will continue watching the heike story Okay, yeah. wow. I'm I'm not fully surprised because the human element again is, again is so good. The animation is mm-hmm. so good. Um, but I am very happy that we have a quiet success here. Skylar, what about for you? Oh, definitely. I think it's really um I think it's really beautiful. And um I definitely want to learn more about it. Yes. Yeah, maybe yes. like this is like an anime you watch um you know what? We'll get to this in a second. Um Oh. All right, so we have two Kawhi successes in the book, but there's maybe an even more important question, which is, would you recommend the Heike story as someone's first anime? Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you my answer. Is which it yes? Is no, I oh, don't think no. I would. Why, why would you say no? Because of how confused I think it made you. It made me realize the average like viewer is going to be like, what is happening here? What is all of this Japanese historical context? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think, like, if someone started anime and they're like, oh my god, it's at all this weighty, it's at all this heavy, it's at all this lorry, I think it would turn them off. And I think that's why I would say no. Right. But I think if you have a friend who's really into Japanese history, or oh. if someone is like, or if, uh, you know, in general, like, really likes some of that, like, weighty historical stuff, like, they're like, token doesn't have enough exposition, then show them <laughs> this, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think that this might be a little heavy for someone's very first time into anime, just with all of the history that they might not know. But like you said, if it's someone who is already a passionate about it, maybe I would rec- It all depends. But ultimately, I think my answer would be learn a little no. bit more about the culture and then come <laughs> back to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. The only like, the only thing that I could see it having uh, that it has going for itself are people that like love animation when it comes to like Pixar, et cetera, et cetera. But like they just can't get into anime because it looks too much like a cartoon, which is such a stupid and weird argument, but whatever. Um, <laughs> not me shaming people. Um, and this is kind of like, like it's experimental, but at the end of the day, because it doesn't look as like, anime traditionally mm-hmm. um as like modern day anime does i would probably say no because i feel like you're also not getting like the true experience of what like anime is yeah mm-hmm. i think um if this is an anime that you do that you do find interesting um based on our conversation i would honestly recommend like just take a few minutes like look at the history of the era during this time Mm -hmm. um it's a few it's a few wikipedia like honestly like if you just look at the like 
like you know read through the actual history of this era of like the Heike story just go to like the wikipedia page for the tale of heike read through that get some you know click on a few supplementary links mm-hmm. to know a little bit more about these people you might be able to pick through Check it a lot sources. easier just because you know you'd be like oh well of course there's you know there's goshirakawa the last true emperor of japan like of course i know who that of is of course there he is you yeah, know that's him you know versus versus kind of coming in blind but that mm. said uh that is uh a kawaii success in the book a do not recommend unfortunately unless you're super duper into japanese history but with that said uh i think there's still only one question left to ask is there an amv for that amv anime music videos is there an all right, Lauren, you know the rules. Give me your song and artist for the Heike story. So while I know this is a big historical epic, epic. I definitely focused more on the like found family aspect that Biwa has with her mm. her relationships. And I ended up picking Ho Hey by the Lumineers. Oh, that's so cute. Isn't it? All right, Lauren, unfortunately, there are no AMVs for Hohei by the mm. Lumineers for the Heike story. So that's zero points in the book. That's okay. Uh, but Skylar, um, this is your first time watching it too. Did you have an AMV selection? I'm so glad you asked because I do. Yes! Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love double AMVs. <laughs> I I love uh, my answer is the perfect answer. Ooh. Do I think it exists? No, because I feel like there's probably not a ton of AMVs for this anime. But I went with Behind Blue Eyes by Limp Biscuit. Oh, that's oh, a great I see, choice. I thought you said it was the perfect choice. That's my mistake. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> Damn. I like. I think it's a good choice. Yeah, it's got that like solemn depression of a an ending era of a family. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally see how you got there. Uh, I'm gonna put out there. It's uh, unfortunately there are no AMVs for Behind Blue Eyes any version, but especially not the Limp Bizkit version. <laughs> uh, especially not the Limp Bizkit version. You do know that's a cover, right? Yeah. What's the other one? It is the Who. Okay. Nice. Um. But um, yeah, unfortunately, that is zero points for you as well, Skylar. Um, so yeah, double zeros. Uh, but double zeros uh, turned sideways uh, and really close together is almost like an eight. So I, I mean, yeah. You Listen, know what? <laughs> I channeled Biwa, and I was able to see into the future that neither of us was going to get it. I said it before you even looked it up. So, uh, but as as always. Uh, whenever we do get zero points, I do like to uh, kind of lay out what the choices uh, could have been or should have been uh, by lining out our top three AMV selections. So our number three AMV is the song Second Chances by Gregory Allen Isakov. It's a cute little alt indie song. I don't know if I know. Uh, our next number two answer is To Be You by the artist Spencer. Don't know it. that either. And I think the one that makes the most sense, our number one, uh, truly makes a ton of sense because it is a song about uh, kind of the loss of power, the loss of an era of leadership. It is Viva La Vida by Coldplay. That oh, makes sense. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. No, good for them. That's perfect. 
Um, so that is kind of the direction you could have gone, but unfortunately not the direction that we did go. So that is zero points, but maybe, just maybe, we don't end up with a full zero. Because, Lauren, it's time for the super secret, not so secret, bonus point. Do you believe that there could possibly be an AMV to the Hike story for Evanescence Bring Me to Life? All right, Lauren, tell me, do you think it exists? Uh, Based on the AMV songs that I heard in the top three and just knowing the show from what I know, I don't think it fits the vibe. So I'm going to say no. All right. Well, um, you know, ultimately, I think it makes sense, right? The vibe is uh, not really there, but there is Uh a lot of sights of the dead to Uh be and the dead that have been. Mm. So I think you could have considered that. And if you had, you would have been wrong because you were ultimately right for not considering <laughs> them because there are no AMVs for Evanescence bring me to life Oof. for the Heike story. So that is at least one point in the book for you, Lauren. We got 18 Ooh. points though, right? Because our double zeros became an eight. So yeah, so 18. you ultimately got one plus eight, 18 points. This is our <laughs> highest scoring episode of all time. Never to be well, beat again. Never, I'm confused. Ever. How is it not nine? God, I'm so bad at math. Because you see, see, you're thinking about this a little too smart, right? You're thinking uh, one plus eight is nine. But see, you're already forgetting that zero plus zero is not eight, but zero close together and sideways looks like an eight. So you have the zero, 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 zero sideways as an eight. And then you have the one from the AMV bonus point. You put that on the front. That's uh, that's an eight. It's an eight one eight. Actually, though, it's it should after, be in the back. So it's zero zero one. So right now you have eighty one points. Yeah. Or wow. more more realistically, it's eight underlined. <laughs> it's a fraction. <laughs> no, it's just eight underlined because there's nothing beneath it. So we're actually you went from having uh one to eighteen to eighty one back to eight. Ultimately, just one though, <laughs> as we end up with uh, a Kawhi success, a do not recommend as a starter anime, and one point in the book, and uh, another successful journey through a very uh, deeply lord historical anime. Yeah. So, Lauren, uh, thank you for coming on this journey, as uh, confusing as it was at times. It was, but you know, I'm I'm grateful to now have more knowledge of feudal Japan. So, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're like, what little I was able to retain from this. What little I have in my notes, I don't think I'm, I'm sure ever going to forget. If you do continue watching it, like you said, you will. Um, you'll you'll get the hang of it. Yeah, no, I think it's just a matter of you know letting myself relax and just take it all in. But with that said, uh, yeah, I'm glad you had a good time. But more importantly, I hope our listeners had a good time. I hope they had a fun time. And I hope they had a not all people with heterochromia can't see through time. Or is that just what they want us to think time? Or see the dead. A downfall of a family time. And a live in the present moment time. But until next time, we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. I've been Lauren. And don't forget the most important quote from this episode. Uh, don't worry about yesterday's McDonald's. Exercise for today's you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. And lie to authority figures. Oh and lie to authority figures. Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye. <laughs>